The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to More Than Amused Podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to More Than a Muse. My name is Sadie. And I'm Stani. And thanks, everyone, for being back here this week. We're excited because this is kind of like our first official like Christmas topic yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. And it should be really interesting. I'm excited to talk about it. All in the spirit of December and trying our best to connect feminism and the arts and Christmas <laughs> all in one and I think we figured out a good topic for it <laughs> yes I feel like if last year taught us anything it's that like women are not represented enough in Christmas no which is like a weird take <laughs> that like it feels like a weird point to make <laughs> very much so but I remember like, as we're looking for topics it was like women who have done things for Christmas and it's just like wait a minute like <laughs> why is there nothing yeah there's a lot of focus on like the different men involved in christmas like even if you think of like literary characters like santa claus and ebenezer scrooge and i think other than ghosts pretty much every main character in the christmas carol is a guy oh because i remember last year i was looking up like Christmas movies with a woman protagonist and mm. there were none except for Hallmark yeah, Christmas Hallmark movies, movies which are <laughs> a, okay a feminist point then they like, yeah. go Hallmark for making women the stars of their Christmas movie but oh my gosh every other Christmas classic is it's a guy yeah it tends to focus a lot more on men which is interesting how weird for this holiday luckily our topic though kind of brings a little bit more of that Christmas spirit into feminism which is and fun. diving into the i guess religious aspect of christmas rather yes. than the commercial or anything like that so whether or not you're christian though i feel like it's interesting to see how art has represented like very impactful women in the world of art yes. and religion and it's crazy how they both have changed over time like mm-hmm. the the way that a religion views a woman or how they're depicted Yeah, it's super interesting if you like look back throughout history. There's like, I took a medieval art history class this year, and literally so much (laughs) of medieval art, and that's to say, like, even pagan art, which is around that time period, focused so much on like Christian figures, like Mm, Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and like other apostles and prophets of that time period of the Bible and everything. It just was what people commissioned. It's what went in the synagogues. It's what people wanted on their gravestones, which makes sense because religion is such a major part of people's lives and it's a huge part of culture back then. But like even throughout the Renaissance, you continue to see kind of religion be the focal point of art and art commissions for a very long time. So it's everywhere in art history. I think it's a little bit unavoidable. You'll 
you're bound to see a picture of the Madonna and Jesus Christ at some point. (laughs) I think that's like a good point that it's like that was such a big aspect of culture in the medieval times that like it makes sense that most of the artwork that we're seeing or at least the impactful artwork that has lasted the ages like it is those religious figures and symbols yes yeah and I think like people forget that a lot like Michelangelo's the David is from the story David and Goliath um his Sistine Chapel ceiling depicts like God and Adam and like Mm -hmm. other scenes of religion and so it it's everywhere in our history. Oh, also, I wanted to put like a quick note at the top here. Something that was really cool that came out this year that like kind of ties into this topic really well is Halsey's album. Oh, yeah. Um, if I can't have love, I want love, power. Love, I want power. Mm-hmm. And she actually posed as like the Madonna on her album cover holding a baby and her film, which I haven't been able to see because I don't think it's ever been released on the internet. I saw something about it coming to HBO, but, like, I don't have HBO. Oh, it is on HBO Max. There you I go. I only have access to it because, like, an old friend of my husband's oh. gave us his password. So that's, that's so the nice. only reason why we're watching or else I would share it with you. <laughs> Maybe I'll sign up for a free trial. And I also have to shout out Art Pop Talk. Did a whole episode on, like, her album breakdown and how it ties into different depictions of the Madonna and child throughout art history and different um, art pieces that she, like, highlights throughout her short film and music video and everything. So that's a really good one. She called back to the Madonna and how, like, the depictions of Madonna has changed over time. And, yeah, it's very interesting. It was a really cool episode. It was super interesting. It's a cool connection to modern pop culture that, like, you wouldn't really expect via a Halsey album, but it, it was really cool. Yeah, agreed. It was really cool. I love it when stuff is able to like build on things that already exist mm-hmm. in a way like that. Like it just makes it so multidimensional where it's like you can enjoy it without knowing any of the history behind it. But, but it makes then, it like, so much cooler. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's really incredible. And it's cool that she went through the effort to do something like that mm-hmm. when like you don't necessarily have to have that deep of like historical concept for an album but yeah I know but it like helps give so much like context and also like what a cool way to like because the whole album is really about like her journey through motherhood and like Mm -hmm. still feeling independent and powerful as a woman as she's you know growing a human in her belly and giving birth like I don't know it's it can be very complicated I'm sure those emotions I I have yet to experience it but I know I was like I wish we could way to draw back to that (laughs) it's like I wish we could talk more on that and like what it's like but neither of us know so I have no idea we'll report back maybe in a couple years we'll see yeah that's also why we haven't done like an episode on motherhood and art even though that's a really intriguing topic but oh yeah because I have no authority yeah no idea so maybe one day but for now, we for can now. do a cool episode about the Marys of Christian art. Okay, so let me dive in here with just the history of Madonna, the mother mm-hmm. of Jesus, and different ways art has depicted her. And I mean, for a brief history, if you're not Christian, Mary is the mother of Jesus. An angel appears to her and says, hey, you're giving birth to the Son of God. And she goes to Joseph, her 
fiance or betrothed. I, think I don't so. know. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Goes at the time and is like, hey, I'm having this baby. And he's like, great. <laughs> so I will say like the thing that everyone focuses on a lot is the fact that she was a virgin. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Good point. She was a virgin who gave birth to Jesus. And that's very significant, both in the way that I don't know. like art I don't know I feel like that made played a really big role in like Christianity too Mm -hmm. of just like the way that virgins are talked about and like how virginity is yeah I feel like that could be a whole other topic I think the point of what it was is that like it was supposed to show the power of God that like even a virgin could give birth to a child which is impossible right like you have to have sex in order to have a baby. That's how it works. That is how it works. So I think that that's kind of why the Bible told us all that she was a virgin to just be like, it was a miracle. Like it wasn't from a man, like it was from God. But yeah, it does kind of create this weird But it created the emphasis almost like (laughs) Jesus had to be born from a virgin because there's something really special about virginity in women who are virgins. Yes don't i don't agree with yeah can we also very brief did you by chance as a child and teenager think that it could be possible for you to get pregnant (laughs) when you too were a virgin and you were so scared that no one would believe you because that was a fear that would keep me up at night every now and then of course like did i know it was ridiculous yes because our religion and christianity in general doesn't believe in like another Jesus Christ coming like we believe he'll come again but like not another one so like I knew that there was no (laughs) logical reason that God would even need me to like give birth but but like what if (laughs) exactly (laughs) every time my period was late I was like crap I'm pregnant (laughs) but I was fully aware that the mechanics there was no way but I was convinced I was pregnant yeah yeah I will say it happens more now which is ridiculous, like not to the full extent, but I'm still like, oh my gosh, I wonder if I'm pregnant. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't had sex recently. <laughs> anyway. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. So I don't I know how this same, works. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that same like, oh no, I'm going to have like the next Jesus. The next Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. But it's the same. Like, I feel like we all have those like virgin or like non-sexual pregnancy scares where you're just like oh yeah oh, i'm gonna have a I child be pregnant. And it's, like, <laughs> it's like wait i logically cannot <laughs> <laughs> like i i know how the rules here it, it doesn't work this way like i'm a 25 year old woman i'm aware of how it works i know i'm not pregnant <laughs> and I, I i know the last time i had sex as well like yeah. i'm good but yeah, I think part of like hearing that story from the time that you're really young, you just yes, believe in that level of miracle in a way that like I don't, and like it. Yeah, I think like when you like grow up hearing something so much, it's like oh that's not really a big deal. So mm-hmm. it's almost like oh yeah, of course a virgin got pregnant, and then you know just because you're used to hearing it that way, and then it could happen to you too. Who exactly. Knows? Have you Anyways. seen the TV show Jane the Virgin? I actually haven't, but it's been recommended to me so many times. And that, what I had heard the movie title, I mean, the TV show title, so that didn't help. Yeah. So the preface, the preface is it happens in like the first episodes. I don't think I'm spoiling it. But um, she goes to like the OBGYN for just like a routine checkup. Uh And she's Catholic, so she's a virgin because a lot of Catholicism, like they still believe in um, virginity before marriage, which our religion does as well. And um, so she just goes for like a routine checkup and the OBGYN is doing like 
artificial insemination of one lady and okay. then like a regular checkup on her and she mixes up the two <laughs> and does an artificial insemination on Jane and so she ends up pregnant with another guy's kid that she's never actually had sex with and that's the whole premise of I the show. I had no idea that that was the premise <laughs> of the movie. Yeah, so that's why it's called Jane the Virgin cuz she mean, never movie, had sex TV with, show. Yeah, she yeah. gets pregnant with this guy's baby after never having sex and so like people are like oh it's a miracle and like all this other stuff but it dives more into like the logistics of like how difficult it is to like continue a relationship and when you're carrying someone's kid and like all of that so <laughs> okay I'm I'm even more intrigued I think that like as a teenager I saw that tv show and I was like that's already my biggest fear I do not need to engage like <laughs> yeah. I'm good <laughs> Anyways, so back to the reverence of the mother of Jesus Christ. Yes. (laughs) So the figure of the Madonna is, of course, one of the most easily recognizable and also most frequently produced images in the history of art, which we talked about a little bit. The word Madonna is actually derived from the Italian Madonna or My Lady, and Mm. it's very often used to describe Mary or the Mother of Christ. I was reading an article, too, that said that by some estimates, it could be argued that she's even more influential than Jesus in Western art, just with the amount of times that she has been depicted. And I feel like I could see that. Yeah, I honestly feel like from my art history classes, you see more portraits of the madonna than you do jesus christ Jesus, yeah yeah which i i think like i said once i read that i was like oh yeah i guess that's true but i never really thought of that before going back to the history of the depictions of the virgin mary they date back to the second century with the earliest known representation of her as a wall painting on the catacomb of priscilla in rome which is crazy but it wasn't until ad 431 when the council of ephesus Mm -hmm. I think officially designated Mary as the mother of God. And that's when she was given a more prominent place in like church decorations. And I think was really pushed to the forefront of, you know, I think reverence worship. And then of course, like her in art, there's a whole background we could go into the history of Christianity and how their views on womanhood and Mary have taken place over time i'm giving you the very reducted version Um, mary was largely painted alone in the roman times um, but of course eventually she became associated with the child jesus in some type of gesture of prayer or reverence to god moving into the middle ages the madonna was most commonly painted enthroned with jesus on her lap but also it was common for her to be surrounded by saints or angels especially saint gabriel which is Saint Gabriel the one who appeared to her? I Isn't think it so. the angel Gabriel? He like yes, appears, who appeared to like, her. So that makes kid. sense that like yeah. a lot of the art depictions were the angel coming to her, letting her know, because that's like the beginning of Christianity, really, yeah. is that story. Mm-hmm. And in all the Gospels, that's pretty much how they start in the Bible, I think. Yeah, for the New Testament. Later depictions, depictions, excuse me, express a more tender, intimate moment between a mother and child, which departs from the more like traditional religious element in such representations she was shown like holding her baby tenderly um sometimes with christ like suckling her breast and stylistically though there are very unifying themes between all these variations is and this is something that i thought was interesting is that it's very significant the colors 
of that Mary wears. And like, that's kind of like a way that you can tell mm-hmm. that, that it's Mary, the mother of Jesus. And that's because she's wearing a red robe with a blue mantle. And the colors are, I've seen a couple like different, like, explanations of it um this one said that the colors are meant to signify the earth and empress like divinity of this another thing um the blue signifies that she is queen of heaven and the red signifies the sacrificial blood of christ and that she is the bridge between the divine and humanity which i think is really cool i think it's so interesting that it brings up that she had like a red robe with a blue mantle because Mm -hmm. i think in a lot of modern depictions of mary like modern religious art she's mainly only in blue right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like i think think that's what i've seen the little nativities that we had like growing up and everything like she was always in like a blue robe i guess like is significant because that is what you know symbolizes the queen of heaven also i'm like wondering i'm like who did that first and then like did all artists just be like ah yep those are her colors like you know what i mean like i don't know what was the agreement that happened that that would be how we know it's mary mother mary (laughs) i wonder that all the time about so many things it's like did they talk about what they meant because you know how like in english class and everything growing up they would dissect like this is what the author means by this and everything Mm -hmm. and it's like did they did we ask them tell people like did they notify anyone was this like agreed upon and i wonder that with art too were they like sitting around like so i painted this and this to symbolize this and because i know that that goes into art sometimes but of course it feels really interesting that it's it's copied and i wonder a lot of times if it was just like the first person who did it and then the next person who painted one like to to everyone to know it was the same person yeah, like maybe someone just like made a choice because that was the paints that they had. And then later yeah. was like, oh, yeah, it sacrificed. It, it like it represents this. this. And then everyone was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, that's what we're doing now. I, I yeah, always I don't know. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, because it becomes such a pattern mm-hmm. within artwork when it's like, huh. <laughs> Something also to like relating to the Madonna and femininity, just like a brief caveat is that like an emphasis of early Christian art portrayed Madonna as like this ideal holy woman, which kind of goes into, you know, switching the ideals of like virginity was like this ideal almost like to strive for. That's just a very brief thing that I don't know. We can talk about more. No. Yeah. No, it's interesting too, because it's like, okay, she was chosen to be the mother of Jesus Christ. Like that's quite a Mm -hmm. hefty thing thing to do to like carry the son of god so it makes sense that they like put a lot of weight weight on that that. whether or not that had anything to do with her virginity is a different (laughs) i want to speak to Raphael. he did a lot of very significant paintings of the madonna and i want to talk about a couple of these paintings and then why they were significant so the first one is the madonna del gran duca which was or just madonna of the grand duke and it was painted approximately between 1504 and 1505 it is some is somber half-length figure in like a very tall format Um, like i mentioned she's pictured in the traditional red tunic with Mm -hmm. the blue mantle something that this painting really emphasizes kind of like her humility right her eyes are downcast i love how chubby the baby is i have to say that (laughs) (laughs) it's so cute but yeah so she looks very like humble humility and yes is looking down towards the child where it's almost like the child is not directly looking at the person watching or looking at the painting but much more so than mary Mm mm-hmm 
was something interesting is that apparently almost all images of the Christ child in the Italian Renaissance art in some way predict his sacrifice. And here it is the black background that hints of the darkness over the whole land of the crucifixion. So that's what that represents. Yeah, Again, pointing out, I'm like, I don't know if Raphael said that or if that was just mm-hmm. an assumption, but it makes sense to me. Moving forward to the next major painting of the Madonna is Madonna of the Gold Finch. And this is a full-length group of figures in a landscape. The Madonna, who is seated, and then there's the child Jesus in front of her, and, of course, the child John the Baptist to the left. Of course, John the Baptist is another very prominent figure in Christianity. The Gold Finch is, of course, the title, and Jesus is offering it to John. And it's a symbol of the human soul that flies away after death. And like I mentioned, there's a great deal of symbolism in these paintings there's also um said something said that the goldfinch was like received its red spot from a drop of blood from the thorn crowned on jesus's head so Mm. but yeah it's just a little baby giving a little bit older baby a a bird um a little bird Mm -hmm. and then yeah mary's sitting there just looking down at what's happening reading her book and Yeah, it's very lovely, but that's what's going on. And then the last one that I want to bring up, of course, there's been a lot of very major depictions of the Madonna, but I feel like Raphael's like maybe not famous for it. I mean, he's obviously famous in of itself, but... They did name um, a Ninja Turtle after him. They did name a Ninja Turtle (laughs) after him. Anyways, so the Sistine Madonna was commissioned in 1512 by actually Pope Julius II. But this one is different than her, his other versions of the Madonnas because she's like truly majestic Mm -hmm. in this one. This is like, I think one of the first times that like she does look, I think, godly in the way that like there's people surrounding her. There's little angels on the you know, on the bottom that like, I think really adds to that. And there are other figures. I personally, I'm not familiar with who these are, but it's St. Barbara on the right and there, and she's wearing gold, blue, and green. And then there's St. Sixtus on the left with a red, red lined cloak. Like I said, I'm not fully sure who those saints are, but that is who is featured in the picture with her. And she is holding the Christ child in her arms. It's very pretty. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I mean, the way that the Madonna has been depicted has changed over time. Even, and I think it's cool how you can even see that in like Raphael's work from like the first one, like she's being really humble and like her eyes are downcast and it like feels like almost like a soft, innocent woman. But then versus his last picture, maybe not the last picture of her, but you know, this version of her where she is very much like the center of the picture. She's looking directly into the eyes of, you know, who's looking at the picture almost like on the pedestal she's higher than everyone it almost feels like people are bowing down to her and the Christ child so I think it just kind of shows like the way that it changed over time like how the Madonna was seen and painted so yeah very interesting and in every single one she's wearing her red and blue so we're gonna take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists today for the artist spotlight I am spotlighting a children's book illustrator who has been having just the cutest illustrations on their account lately. So I'm just going to spell out her Instagram bio truth or not bio her Instagram username. I'm truthfully not exactly sure how I would say that, but it's M L A D E N O V A A R T M Laden Nova art. 
Mm-hmm. M. Ladenova Art. Yeah. I'm assuming Ladenova could be a last name. Anyways, her first name is Matea. Anyways, it's really adorable. Apparently, commissions are open, which is something to be aware of. But I absolutely love her artwork. Um, most recently, she's illustrated this little girl just like looking up at sparkling lights with these giant earmuffs on an elf carrying presents a little angel ornament it's it's very very sweet just like the cutest little drawings and even before you know christmas time she has a lot of cute little halloween ones and i absolutely love her illustrations and her work so go check her out and check out her children's book illustrations she did a ton of the harry potter characters (laughs) <laughs> oh i didn't scroll back oh yeah. oh they're so cute like professor trelawney actually looks adorable oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then she also has like hermione so these cute. are so cute even voldemort i know actually <laughs> little so cute, cute. <laughs> uh-huh. and little frodo she's also done frodo she's done like little animals these are so cute i know i absolutely love them And then um, mine this week is actually a religious artist. Her username is Debbie Clark underscore art. And her name is Debbie Clark. And I found her on like the Instagram Explore page of her picture of Lot's wife. And it's gorgeous. Like turning into a pillar of salt. If you don't know the story of Lot's wife. (laughs) She looks back at Sodom and Gomorrah and then turns into a pillar of salt. And it's beautiful like the colors in the background and then the oh my gosh I like never really knew what a pillar of salt would look like and I kind of like the fact that she kind of made her look a little bit more like she turned into stone yeah I always imagined that she just like turned into grains of salt (laughs) when I was really little I used to imagine she turned into a salt shaker because that's what I thought a pillar of salt was (laughs) I mean I don't know what else you would think so (laughs) oh man yeah so that's really cool. But then also just like her really pretty artwork paintings. Yeah, they're just beautiful. Um, she also does a lot of women, which I appreciate in religious art. Yeah, I obviously. Do too. I love that. So, yeah, they're just stunning. They're really detailed. And it like reminds me of like kind of old Renaissance, but like with modern style. Mm -hmm, this is like such a side note in this but like because this episode is about like mary and mary and um i just think that like religious artists a lot of the times get like a bad rep nowadays because they're like oh it's like a cop-out or that's not real art you know and Mm -hmm. i just like we were kind of talking at the beginning of this episode like the greatest artists of our time all did religious art yeah. So I just feel like religious artists need a little bit more credit. Like even Artemisia Gentowski, she mainly did pictures from the, the scriptures. Yeah, yeah, from the Bible. Like she did more of the Old Testament, but still, like that's what people painted back then. That's what a lot of people learned from. So I just think we need to be a little bit nicer. Yeah, I like that. I'm not, I don't really know the way people will shade artists or visual artists. So I didn't really know that that was like, a thing but yeah I yeah I don't know how big of a thing it is but I have heard of it before as kind of being like looked down on a little yeah where they're like oh that's religious art it's like a subgenre and it's like really because it's in all of my art history classes (laughs) like it's just pretty significant (laughs) 
Yeah, of course, check them out. Um, We try to link them on our Instagram. This month has been absolutely insane for me. So the last few are not on there, but we are always following them. So if you want to even just go check through the people we follow, a lot of them are female artists that we have spotlighted in the past. All right, now back to the show. The other person we wanted to bring up was Mary Magdalene, who is kind of the like such an interesting figure (laughs) so actually there's like quite a bit of a problem like determining exactly all of the roles that Mary Magdalene filled Mm -hmm. um because believe it or not Mary was a very popular name (laughs) yes (laughs) there is a lot of Marys in the Bible um and these are just two of them Mary the mother of Jesus and Mary Magdalene and so a lot of times it's I read a bunch of stuff about how they tend to throw a lot of the other Mary stories in with Mary Magdalene because Mm -hmm. they know that it wasn't Mary the mother of Jesus anymore because obviously like she's kind of mentioned towards the beginning and then she's at his crucifixion and other than that like there's not a lot of stories yeah so they kind of tend to throw them in with Mary Magdalene so it's kind of like iffy on whether or not all of them are actually about her but most notably I will say what Mary Magdalene is known for is she was the first person to see the resurrected Christ yeah so so very significant yes when she come when he comes out of the tomb after three days And um, she's there to, like, anoint the body, I think, with oil or something. And then she thinks Mm -hmm. he's the gardener. And she's like, where have they taken him? And he answers, like, Mary, it's me. And calls her by name. And then she turns and sees him and cries, obviously, because her savior has come back from the dead, which had never happened before, believe it or not. There's a lot of, like assumptions about what Mary Magdalene was Mm -hmm. and I love this quote says the scope of determining the real Mary Magdalene is beyond this article across the centuries she has been um, venerated as a saint condemned as a sinner labeled a prostitute and even reimagined as Jesus's wife Mm -hmm. which is a very common assumption that maybe she was his wife because she's one of the only female um, characters of the Bible that's brought up repeatedly. Yeah. So she was definitely in like close association with him. And of course, she was the first person to see him resurrected. So they're like, he obviously, she meant a lot to him. And with the exception of Jesus and his mother, probably no other figure in the gospel narratives has been so revered or so often the subject of devotion. So there's kind of like this interesting thing that they do with her in artwork. She's often depicted entirely in red. So without the blue traditionally reserved for the Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. And then also um, a common thing that happened and it changes throughout time. Because if you notice a lot of the paintings you brought up, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was blonde. Yes. But then oh, they yeah. they went through this time period where blonde hair was considered, like, like scandalous or, like, mm-hmm. more, like, alluring or, like, sexy in a lot of ways. Like, you think, like, Marilyn Monroe. And, yeah. And so then blonde hair kind of became reserved for only depictions within Christian art of Mary Magdalene and Eve like mm. because they were like oh they are like the sexy the seductress temperate yeah. yeah of the christian doctrine and mary the mother of jesus was depicted as a brunette in order to show like her purity and 
anyway it doesn't have anything to do with hair color but that's what they did (laughs) um, very often and so there's a lot of different artwork depicting her as well in a lot of different situations Um, one characteristic that's common with her is very long hair like really long hair because there's a story about her bowing down to wash Jesus's feet with oil and then drying him with her hair and so they have like really long hair because in order to do that you'd have to have really long hair there is a bible story about Mary of Bethany that a lot of people assume is her there was even article after article that popped up when I put in those two together that were like proof that these two are the same person it's like Mm -hmm. well we don't have any proof but um in the story mary bethany she wanders out into the wilderness and like loses her clothes like it says her clothes fall off of her i don't remember this story maybe they didn't read it to children in church remember this one either (laughs) so then it gave a lot of artists like leeway to paint her naked in the wilderness um and still have it be considered a religious piece so that happens a ton so there's a lot of pieces of her naked um it was also believed that she may have been a prostitute before she converted so a lot of scandalous clothing and also the red clothing continues with that of course the scene outside the tomb has shown up quite a few times um there's also a story about a mary that he cast seven demons out of yeah mm -hmm. before she converted and i think it's pretty solidified that that's her but once again, kind of up for a debate. There were a lot There's of Marys. A lot of Marys. So uh, I also saw a quote that said, like, was she a sinner, a witness, a prostitute, a muse? And I thought that was really interesting. Ooh, yeah. Like and that. then it was like, mm-hmm. who knows? She kind of was all of it. And what makes her endlessly fascinating is the fact that we don't know enough about the woman herself. And then there's all of these layers that have been placed on her throughout centuries and centuries. So she's actually depicted quite a bit in Christian yeah. art for someone that we don't know a lot about. And it's really interesting. And um, someone brought up the fact that a lot of people may view her as a more approachable figure mm-hmm. because she's not perfect. There's like proof that she's not perfect. Like she was a sinner, like, you know, like there was all of these dimensions to her and yet she converted and is this model of faith, like, the first person to see the resurrected Christ. And that's a lot more inspiring to a lot of people than the view of like perfection that you get from Mary, the mother of Jesus, where it's like not everyone can like put themselves in a place where they view themselves as perfect enough to give birth to the child of God. Yeah. uh (laughs) (laughs) Which like we talked about that kind of like you have that, those ideas growing up where it's like, oh, like, is that what God requires of people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's yeah. like, oh, here you go. Have a child, even though you're young and a virgin. And so I think a lot of people looked at Mary Magdalene as like a more approachable figure of faith. And she actually has been sainted since because she's this like perfect example of like what repentance can do and like the dimensions that are available to people within faith. Yeah. So oh, that's cool. I like, yeah, it's an interesting take. Yeah. It's really interesting. So um, another little thing about it, too, is that a lot of people actually believe that Mary Magdalene was the 13th apostle. Oh, okay. Because she was there so often with all of the teachings and often written about with the apostles. With so the apostles. Mm-hmm. combined in it that a lot of people view her as maybe one of the only female apostles that there were. 
Um, so I thought that was also interesting that they like kind of trying to bring validity to why she was there so often, which I think is another reason why a lot of people um, wonder if maybe perhaps she was married to Jesus Christ because she's there. Because she's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, through uh... like so much of it that it's like, okay, what was her role? Because she's there all of the time. Something that's kind of interesting is during the Renaissance, Italian cities were actually having a huge problem with prostitution. And so they started to like use Mary Magdalene in art as a way to like promote life away from that practice. So um, Titan, a famous artist at that time, actually used paintings of her to like show penitence and like redemption as a way to like explain like repenting from a prostitute lifestyle instead of Mm -hmm. living it and just other stuff like that. But there's also like a ton of things about like a mixing eroticism and religion using Mary Magdalene and how a lot of the Mm -hmm. times they used her in order to like bring more scandal and like sexuality into religion and like also beauty her past yeah and then they like the golden long hair full lips fleshy body often depicted like naked um like they use her a lot of the times to bring that like sexual element into religious art in a way that it's not normally appropriate but because it's like saint mary magdalene then it's like okay so it's interesting it like brings up a lot of points of like how women are depicted in religious art and like the excuses I think that they use in a lot of ways in order to do things without scandalous reactions yeah or like uh-huh. what's considered proper and what's considered not <laughs> it's just really interesting Uh And then also in like modern depictions, a lot of the times you'll have a lot difference in hair colors, which is cool because now that ideal beauty has changed, like there's a lot more variety in what Mary Magdalene and the mother of Jesus look like. There's actually quite a few paintings of her as a redhead, which I find really interesting. And then obviously with more and more modern art, they are kind of leaning in more to the fact that like they were born in the Middle East. They probably had dark hair. Yes, (laughs) both of them. So, yeah, it's just, it's a really interesting topic and really interesting to kind of um, look at the two of them and how they were depicted in art. So, I've actually, I haven't finished the book. In fact, I haven't read it in a long time. But there is a book that is called The Woman with the Alabaster Jar. The subtitle for it is Mary Magdalene and the Holy Grail. So, this book is quote a quest for the forgotten feminine in the hope that its return will help restore a healthy balance to planet earth which is very impactful fun fact is that that this book is mentioned in the 2003 novel the da vinci code which is like a very famous book Mm. and basically both books rely on the theory that mary magdalene was jesus's wife and that there is like some type of like royal bloodline and whether or not like that's something that you believe in as a christian like i picked up this book because i don't even remember but i like i said i haven't finished it so i don't have much authority (laughs) here but the first couple chapters of the book that i read was really really interesting because it talked a lot about the way that about how fem, like femininity and women were so purposefully taken out of the narrative of just this Christian religion where if you know you read the Bible like these women are there and they're very important to the story yet there is so much that we don't know about them and why is that and maybe it's because there were 
figures, people in authority who made a point to actively take them out. Like the messaging that she was just like a prostitute. That was almost like, if I'm remembering correctly, like that was messaging very purposely put out by a certain pope to maybe diminish what her importance was and like at very much aligns with a time in society where women were not mm-hmm. um respected or you know so it's almost like in a way to silence women they had to deny the divinity or potential divinity of a very prominent woman in Christian religion which is like obviously was a very big deal in yeah. like we mentioned in the middle ages anyways like I think I got interested just because you know, like I grew up Christian and I grew up hearing about these women and I think I was like wait like you know if I am going to be Christian as a woman like why don't I know any of these women and what what's missing here that patriarchal structures and patriarchal organizations and bad leaders have maybe taken out of the story in a way that diminishes like what their role actually was how divinity can also translate to the feminine rather than just being like you know like associated more with masculinity and like depicted strictly as masculinity so like I said now that we're talking about this book I want to go back and like actually finish it as far as like the argument that she's making about you know there is some type of royal bloodline and Jesus is it's almost besides the point because for me it was almost just like okay finally I feel like I'm getting more context into like what this woman could be and then also like I said like how does divinity also relate to femininity in a way that I don't think the secular Christian religions care to speak to you know what yeah I mean? no I I completely get it yeah I often I wonder a lot about translations of the Bible because it's like mm-hmm. it was translated from its original language and if you like change grammar then maybe a lot of the times when it said like group of men yeah maybe it wasn't necessarily a group of completely men yeah uh-huh. you know Even like it's like things like that yeah it's just stuff like that where it's like they make assumptions and they're like well of course if Jesus was meeting with important people then they were all men <laughs> it's like yeah um when well, it's like statistically proven, I think that there are more women who belong to organized religions than men. So oh yeah, it's just interesting to like think back at, and even the fact that these two women were able to kind of be named and kind of the way that art has had this fascination with them and pop culture even. And I think mm-hmm. it's because they were so clearly like named and given like a story within yeah scriptures that traditionally don't do that with a lot of women (laughs) yes (laughs) so yeah I think it's really interesting and it's also it just it also kind of brings up a lot of the topics we talked about like tropes of like women and how I feel like they tend to throw the Madonna and Mary Magdalene into these different tropes of like Mm -hmm. the blonde and the brunette like the you know, like, like literally that's how far back this trope goes. Yeah. It's like like, the Audrey Hepburn and the Marilyn Monroe. Like, I think that there's always just like this weird idea of like the proper brunette and then the like sexy blonde and how far back. Yeah. Even from middle ages, like developments of Christianity, like, oh, cool. That's how far back we're going here. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So it's just like this inherent need to like categorize women in their different roles. When in reality, it's like Mary, the mother of Jesus, went on to have multiple children with Joseph and like raised children and 
had a very normal life, I'm sure. Like, she didn't stay virgin her entire life. So it's just, I don't know, it's funny. I think people are a lot more human even in the scriptures than Yeah, even, like, the religious depicted. figures, even though they are, like, sanctified. Is that a word? Yeah. It's a word. I no. don't know. But you know what sainted? I mean? That they, sainted. Yeah, I don't know. Is that a you thing? You know what I mean? That even if they, they are that, they, you're right, there's, like, human complexity there that it's yes. important not to forget because they are based on you know people. they're based on very real people mm-hmm. i guess i think that's not controversial to say but yeah i just i also think it's funny that it happens with these women when like the men were often given a lot more dimensions of like mm-hmm. doubt and then repentance and redemption and you know like yeah good point Saul to Paul and doubting Thomas and like all this other stuff like I think the men were allowed to be a little bit more three-dimensional than the women within the scriptures so it's just it's really interesting thank you for listening and our brief musings on women in Christianity I feel like it was like there's so much information here that I could go full-on deep dive or I had to just barely touch on things because there's just so much further you could go into the history of these women and art and it's cool but it's just like oh my gosh how do we even begin yeah there's a lot and of course you could also compare it to like how other women in christianity are depicted and oh yeah there's so much more so like if you want to dive more into it like please do like there's so many articles Especially feminism, about like feminism tie-ins. Yes, exactly. Like there's so many portraits of Mary Magdalene and the Madonna to go look at and you can compare mm-hmm. and contrast how they're viewed. Yeah, like definitely if you want to dive more into it, like go do it. There's so much. I like want to go do a deep dive on Mary Magdalene now because I don't think I've ever looked completely into her in the scriptures. Yes. So. <laughs> well, that's another thing I was thinking. I feel like that's probably another reason why she's like so fascinating to artists is that there's so many just like unanswered questions is like who she was and when is it her and when is it not. So I feel like that almost like adds to the mysteriousness. I don't know. Like that yeah. feels like a weird word to use, but you know what I mean? No, it's so true though. There's like this level of mystery surrounding her, even though like technically she probably has more stories about her than even mother, the Mary of Jesus does. If all of them yeah. are actually about her. Mm-hmm. So it's true. It's really interesting. Oh, and also there's like this idea that she might've also have been put in jail. Like a lot of the disciples were after Christ's death. And so there are a lot of depictions of her in a jail cell with like a skull nearby or something depicting like our eventual death. Um, I don't know if that's actually anywhere in the scriptures. I don't remember hearing about that. I know a lot of the disciples and apostles were put in prison after his death, but I don't know if she actually was. But it's interesting that it's depicted so often in art with her as well. So we'll be posting some of these portraits and quotes about it and everything on our instagram so come follow us if you want we're always trying to keep the conversation going it's a more than amused.podcast mm-hmm. and we're on tiktok as well even though we're not very active but if you want to go check out we're past there, ones there and that is a bucket list for 2022 is to definitely <laughs> make our tiktok a little bit more active that's the goal yeah come follow us and if you're enjoying the podcast feel free to rate review subscribe follow whatever you want to do and send it to a friend and happy holidays whatever you're celebrating this year 
I hope you are spending time with loved ones at the very least. Hopefully this year it's a little bit better. Definitely. I think it's, we're all, it's a little bit brighter than last year, probably no matter what for everybody. (laughs) Hopefully. Yes. So yeah, hope you enjoy the holidays. And of course we'll be back with another episode on Monday. Bye. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.